Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where teams communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. Our guest today is an old friend, Deb Savino. Deb is a certified master athletic administrator, and she's the assistant athletic director at the Ransom Everglades School in Coconut Creek, Florida. Deb, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Thanks for doing all of these. They're awesome. Oh, well, I appreciate that. We're certainly having uh, a lot of fun. Well, as you and I uh, talked, uh, the life of an AD these days is particularly busy, so we're going to jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, where you went to school and college, and, and how uh, your love of sports you know, led to this career in uh, athletic administration. Sure. Um, I grew up in Maine long way from here. I'm working my way, work, definitely worked my way all the way south. Um, I was a three-sport athlete in high school, which was, I think, um, definitely a benefit to me as far as getting to know different coaches, uh, using the different muscles you need. Um, and then I got to go on to be a two-sport athlete in college um, in a small Division three school in Massachusetts, uh, Clark University. We were actually... Um, uh, this is going to age me, but that's okay. Uh, we were blessed to go to uh, one of the first Final Fours for women in Division III. Um, and so that was an awesome experience because then the next year we actually got to host it. Um, and those were some great times. Um, and it, it just tells you how far um, women's sports have come. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, those were some of the fondest memories I have um, of, of athletics and you know I definitely would not be the person I am today without having those things in my life um, but some of the greatest things I think you know for people going to college is um, you know if you're you're participating in athletics you definitely have your instant connections oh, yeah. um, and you're part of a team and um, being part of it you get I got to travel um, you know, back then it was not common for, you, for us to be um, going very far. I got to make my first plane ride, things like that, um, but it also helped to focus. Um, you know, without athletics, I think a lot of kids would have a lot of time on their hands, and um, athletics is definitely a great way to put things in perspective and line things up for kids. 
So um, that was wonderful. It's a great experience for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. What uh, what happened after college and graduation? What was the next step? Well, interestingly enough, I at right out of school, I did actually coach for a couple of years, um, but um, I was in the business world. So I my my degree was not in education, and I was in the business world, and uh, that career took off so that I did drop education. I mean, I did drop um, my my coaching. Um, and interestingly enough, you know, when I got to the, the top of that business world and executive director of nonprofit, um, I just was missing something um, and um, decided that I needed to get back to school, um, get back to being part of um, the competition and, and being part of athletics. Uh, my first dabble was um, I got back into the competition by refereeing. Um, and so that was the first piece and, and I still enjoy refereeing. Uh, I get to, they, well, we don't have field hockey down here in Florida, um, but we do have lacrosse. So I do still get to enjoy that. Um, but that was my first step back into the athletic realm. And I went back to school, got my master's in uh, physical education, which was what allowed me to get back into the private sector of education. Um, and so in 2000, I got my first full-time teaching coaching job at a private school up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and then from there in 2007, I actually left the private school and went to coach at basketball in the collegiate level. Um, and then that left me without coaching. I was coaching field hockey as well. And um, after a couple years there, I had an athletic director seek me out. Uh, they needed a field hockey coach. And um, they're far and few between in the South. So he uh, sought me out, but he also had an admin um, gig to go with it, which was um, appealing, very appealing, uh, especially, in, and I was coaching at the Division II level. Um, and you're wearing a lot of hats at that level in order to keep your program going. Um, so, you know, I was up at 6 a.m. doing the morning workouts, teaching courses at the collegiate level, uh, having practices or workouts or whatever, and then running off to do some refereeing just to make ends meet. Um, so I was quite busy. And so um, I was made an offer I couldn't refuse, got back into the private sector in, back in Charlotte. And um, that's where I started my administrative gig and um, started the whole journey towards being an administrator. And um, that's where I started taking the NIAAA courses um, and began that whole journey towards, uh, you know, getting your CAA and then your CMAA. So um, it's been quite a whirlwind um, until, you know, coming here to Florida just last last fall last actually july is when i started down here well that's uh your time at uh charlotte uh was when you and i first crossed paths on that uh certification route let's go on and talk about that a little bit um we uh, have a lot of younger uh ad's that listen to the podcast and i think it's important uh for them to understand the journey that you know you and i you know and many others take 
with regards to you know the LTC courses and certification. So just kind of give some broad brushstrokes. You know how you got uh, how you became aware of uh, uh, the national organization and uh, your CAA and then your project for your CMA. Sure. Um, well, my first course, interestingly enough, I took in, in one one summer. Um, and it was, you know, I was trying to get my, my AD to, we had a change in ADs and at Latin, and uh, I was trying to get him to approve it and didn't hear from him, didn't hear from him. And so I just actually drove out to Wilmington and jumped in, the, signed up that day, got into that first course, and I enjoyed it. It was uh, wonderful. It was uh, 502 or something like that, and loved what I heard. And what I enjoyed was they, you know, they don't just have one person up there lecturing, they have a, a group of people. So that's a, a great situation because you get to hear a variety of stories. Um, but they also involve everybody uh, in the course. Uh, once that happened, I also went, when I, once I got back into the fall um, semester at school, I got them to actually um, approve for me to come down to the FIAAA um, conference. And that's where I got my next four courses, which is one of the great things about the FIAAA conference is you guys offer a ton of courses and uh, you make it real easy to be able to bang those courses out in the couple of days that you have. Um, so I, I took those courses that next spring, it was in May. And then in July, I happened to be up in Cape Cod for my vacation, and that's where I took my test, my CAA test. So I just kind of was running all around trying to get things done because it, it just, it gets you motivated. It gets you excited to be able to be part of an administration of, you know, situation. Um, and that, interestingly enough, the gentleman out there, he was on vacation too, the guy who was administrating the test. He was from New York. So that was a, you know, was, I was like, well, I guess everybody is jumping around trying to get things done. Um, and then from there, also um, from the FIAAA, I had my, um, my actual um, project I got from one of the roundtables with um, Jerry, um, who's out of Lake Brantley. Right. Um, so that's where I actually got my idea for my project that you were the reader on and um you know most of my courses that i actually took i took at the fi triple a you know each year my you know charlotte latin bless them allowed me to come down um and i took courses every year um and i they I also one year allowed me to go to the ni triple a that was in tampa uh, no it was in orlando sorry and i uh, took courses there was part of that um conference and um i just it's been a great experience I, i've probably got about 17 courses in and um i mean i've i've taken them from people out of texas uh i mean all over the place so it's a great situation and you learn so much and you know connections um you just learn a ton and it's been a wonderful wonderful experience so well, I, I appreciate that shout out i knew you'd taken some some courses at fi AAA, uh and we encourage all ad's to come down to orlando uh, for our state conference in may and uh, i also attended the uh, section one um, cape cod institute to knock out a couple extra classes uh, when i was 
trying to qualify for my CMAA. So I want to give them a shout out as well. And Pete Chambo and all those guys up in New York that uh, uh, run that program. So, well, Deb, um, you've had quite a journey, you know, private sector and college and, and uh, high schools. Um, I'm sure there's been some mentors along the way that have influenced you. And we always like to, you know, try and highlight uh, the people that have uh, been impactful in our guest life. So who are some of your mentors, uh, you know, growing up or people that you worked with or worked for? Uh, whose voice do you still hear when you go to work each day? Well, um, yeah, there's, there's a few people that have really influenced me. And, and um, my parents definitely um, influenced me in the, the whole piece of hard work. Um, you know, and, and I'd say that's a, a huge maniac in me. Um, that, you know, no matter what you're doing, you do your best. It doesn't matter. And um, so that was one of the biggest things that, that they impressed on me. Um, and I've worked in many different jobs. So, you know, the summers and things, and that was something that I always knew that I had to do. Um, so that was the, the biggest thing from them. Um, my high school coach, Linda Whitney, um, to this day, she was, she, it was discipline. Um, you know, you just need to, to keep at it and keep thing, keep things in your back of your head, what you want. And, um, just, just keep on keeping on. Um, and you know, she was my basketball and field hockey coach. So, um, great lady, uh, stay in touch with her today and, um, lots of lessons, lots of lessons. And then for my bosses, you know, there were two. Um, the one lady that I, I really miss still today, she coached basketball with her at Wingate and at, at one of the private schools that I worked at up in Charlotte and Barb Nelson. And, and one of the biggest things that she, she impressed upon me is that um, you gotta be fair, um, no matter what. Uh, things may not be equal, but, but you gotta be fair. Um, so that was huge. And, um, Jimmy Broadway at Charlotte Latin School. Um, he was the, the AD that came looking for me. And it was funny because when I, when I was coming down to Ransom, he, he called me up and, and said, uh, okay, so one of the things that you need to, to know, Deb, is when you, you start to sit down with, um, you know, your coaches, um, just listen. They're going to tell you a lot. Just listen, listen, listen. And um, ask them when they're done, say anything else and then confirm. Um, and so those are some wise things for me. And, and those are things that I, I have always kept to heart. So. Well, I appreciate you sharing. It's uh, just easy to see that for all of us, you know, there's people that have touched our lives along the way that, uh, you know, help us uh, continue to do a great job. I know you're doing a great job down there. Um, speaking of the job, um, you know, you've been an athletic administrator for a number of years, you know, you've been involved in athletics. Um, obviously, the day-to-day the -day job of an AD has changed um, over time. Uh, technology, certainly, but um, what changes have you noticed in your time as an athletic director, both at Charlotte Latin and now at Ransom? Um, how's the day-to-day -day job changed? Um, I think the, the biggest is the whole social media situation. Um, and I don't just mean that f 
for um, us as, as the AD because I think that that is actually positive for us because it's an easy way for us to disseminate the information um, in a controlled manner. Um, and obviously it needs to be vetted by someone in particular. Um, so I think that that's a, a huge plus for us at this point because we can get the information out quickly. Um, you know, the score, whatever it might be, you know, you can send a video. Um, I think that that's huge, whereas before, you know, it took time for that information to get out. And I mean, you can you live stream things at this point. So everything, that kind of stuff, I think is wonderful. Um, for the kids on the social media, I think that's tough on them because it can be positive or negative and impressing upon them that they leave a digital footprint um, is hard sometimes. Um, and understanding that um, they really need to be thoughtful about what they're putting out there. Um, they could either, they, it go, can go either way. Um, and so they really need to be smart and kind and careful when they put things out. Um, because, you know, I know of kids who have lost their scholarship because of something they've put out there. Um, and then, you know, of kids who've gotten scholarship because of something they've put out there. So, and, and those kids are usually, you know, the, the um, kids who are academically um, gifted and they're putting something out there to go to Harvard and someone from Harvard picks that up. But um, it's, it's really difficult um, for kids to, to understand that one small unforgiving picture might take away their dream. Um, and so that I think is some of the biggest things um, for, for the change in, in our world in particular. Yeah, appreciate you sharing. Let's go and talk uh, about COVID. And, uh, you know, for our listeners, uh, just a little uh, spoiler alert. We're recording this interview on uh, September 11th. And, uh, you know, our schools, you know, Deb's school and uh, in my school, we're very similar. We're uh, private schools, you know, uh, college prep schools. We're K through 12. And we're both in Florida. Uh, you know, I'm up in the Panhandle and, uh, you know, Deb's down in, uh, you know, Coconut Creek, uh, you know, about as south as you can get in Florida. Uh, and we operate under the same state association rules, uh, the same, you know, governor, uh, and yet we have two dramatically different responses to COVID. Um, we are currently, my school is, is currently in uh, uh, week five. Um, you know, we have classes, mostly brick and mortar, but some online. Uh, uh, we've had games already. Uh, we have our first football game tonight. Uh, but it's a little bit different for Deb and the school, many of the schools down in South Florida. So Deb, what's happening right now at your school as far as return to school academics and as far as return to school athletics? Well, um, athletics is actually for the upper school is going to return uh, on 914. And so it's, it's going to be um, very limited though, uh, volleyball, golf, cross country and swimming um, is going to be skills only for volleyball. Swimming is only going to be two, two people per lane. Um, cross country is going to be five to a group that's going to get to run. And then of course they've got to practice for two weeks before they can even have any competition because that's just you know, that's the state rule 
football is not going to start until 928. Um, we are not even going to be back in school until October 12th. And um, that decision was actually just made last week. Um, we were supposed to return to school on 914. Um, and they, they made that decision because we, we have a panel of doctors that we work with as well as, you know, the board um, and our heads, head of school, as well as a couple of the administrators. And they made that decision based on the numbers, the percentages that are happening here in Miami, because we're still really high. Uh, and not as high as we were, we're still above the 5%, um, but also worried about the whole uh, Labor Day spikes and, and things like that. We do have some schools down here that are um, open, some of the private schools, um, but not all. And so, and some of the schools that actually did some of um, the hybrid situations have found those situations to be very difficult. Um, and especially because some people have chosen, even though it's hybrid, not to even come back yet. So it's been difficult for them to be able to follow through with things. Um, so we are in a difficult situation. Our middle school conference, interestingly enough, um, we actually came to a conclusion that, you know, we'll wait until 10, 12 to actually, and it wasn't just, you know, because that's when we're coming back to school as Ransom Everglades. We actually decided that as a conference that that's when we were going to start middle school sports, but we also switched some sports around and only went to um, outdoor sports for the fall. So we did move our soccer season to the fall um, and it's gonna be in conflict with football. So we're, we're trying to work through some of those issues with our parents with you know, how we can work through and, and help kids to maybe possibly do both. So um, we have some things that we're working through um, and um, you know, next week we're still actually gonna do the conditioning only with our strength and conditioning coaches um, volleyball is going to be inside skills only with masks on and they'll go outside with the conditioning coaches for that. So football is doing some conditioning right now with the conditioning coaches outside. Um, they're not doing anything with a ball right now. Um, so it's, it's really been tough and you know, the I mean, parents would like to move forward and that's been, that's been, you know, tough, but we are trying to be safe and that's our main concern. It, do you see any um, flexibility in those uh, start dates? You know, if there isn't uh, a detected Labor Day spike and the infection rates continue to drop, or do you think those are pretty solid uh, for your school? Um, we are looking at trying to um, bring back individual grades earlier to go for a test run. Um, so I think they will. The board and the group that meets, they meet on a regular basis to, to take a look at what's happening. So yes, there is that possibility. Um, but they are definitely looking at everything very closely, um, trying to, we, we still actually have families that aren't even in Miami. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they've been really taking a look at things and trying to, to make sure that um, we, we keep on top of it. So. Mm -hmm. And uh, I appreciate you sharing, and, and certainly, you know, we wish you guys uh, and all of South Florida and Broward County and Palm Beach County, uh, you know, the very best. Uh, and, you know, we just hope that 
everything continues to trend in a positive way and that y'all are able to, to get back into school and then of course get back with sports too. Um, another question we've been asking our athletic directors um, relates to um, uh, another national uh, you know, trend, if you will, uh, you know, last spring, you know, COVID hit, but last spring we also saw just a tremendous increase in awareness regarding, you know, social issues or social justice, if you will, you know, the events in Minneapolis and uh, Atlanta, and then just recently in Wisconsin. Um, and my question is this, you know, as school-based athletic directors, what are some things that we can do better you know, with our kids, with our teams, with our communities uh, in this area of uh, social awareness? Well, you know, since we are educational-based athletics, I, I think that we can play a huge role. Um, you know, as coaches and educators, we need to help shift the issues to a community-based mindset. Um, this is a mutual responsibility for us to move forward and um, change the current culture. Um, and I think, you know, Ransom Everglades has, has actually um, listened to our alum. Um, we've had different speakers come in. Um, you know, of course they've had teachers and, and um, coaches. We had readings this summer that we needed to, to take part in and, and become more aware of the situation and, and how to handle things. Um, it's really important that we take on the difficult conversations that may occur. Um, and so we are trying to have speakers come in um, and be able to educate and be able to help with that kind of thing. We have programs through our advisory um, that we try to um, engage our students in certain conversations to be able to be better, kinder people. So um, we are working at that with our, our students and um, that'll extend with the teams. So um, that is something that we just, I, you know, this is, this is something that the whole, our whole community needs to take care of. Um, it shouldn't just be on, on um, any one group. So we're hoping to make sure that um, we do it in every, as every aspect of our, of our school, so. Uh, it's, it's great to hear your schools being proactive on that. Um, you know, last question before we, we wrap up. You know, you, uh, you know, you had some tremendous success at Charlotte Latin, you know, as a coach, as well as a, an AD, and, and now you're down here in South Florida at Ransom. Um, what's something that you've done at, at either school that you're particularly proud of? You, you, you look back or you, or you look at it and you say, hey, we really did a good job with that. Uh, well, well, Cheryl Latin, I, I, they, actually the um, project that you read, um, it, was a, it was for a um, student-led um, group for them to be leaders. And that was something that by, you know, we started it with, our, with the adults leading that. And by the end, before I left, we had the students leading it. And they would come up with things and they would lead the, the um, group meetings and um, the, pro the actual little activities that they did. And um, that was a great thing to see because it was nice to see them flourish in 
things. And, and actually, I felt like the, the rest of the students were actually learning more by having the leaders teach it. So rather than us adults, so that was a nice thing for me to see. So that's something I was really proud of. And it's still going on. Um, one of the other um, athletic directors there was a big part of being in on that. Um, and she actually took it over when I left. So um, it's still going and it's still strong. And it's something that the kids really enjoy. So that's one of the things there I'm um, super proud of. Um, one of the things here that um, we're, I continue to work on and, and, you know, we talked about actually in the interview was that, um, so I'm, I'm here at the middle school try, trying to run these programs and um, trying to make a connection between the upper school and the middle school programs as a program, not just, oh, here's the middle school teams and here's the upper school teams and trying to make them a full program rather than just separate. So that's something that we're working on and we've got that going for some teams and programs, um, but not all at this point. So um, some good examples are, are the basketball groups. We, we actually last year got in some new coaches for them, for the varsity teams. They bought into it immediately. Um, so that was perfect. Um, so we've got some some other people we need to get to buy in um and so we're we're slowly but surely going to have to to work a little harder on that yeah well, those are two great examples and, and again uh having that program approach from you know varsity to jv down into middle school it certainly is a best practice and uh, i don't think it'll take long for those other coaches to see uh the benefits of doing that and uh your student leadership program, as a member of certification, I get to read a lot of projects and, and they're all good. Yours was particularly uh, good. So if you're looking as an AD, if you're looking to start a, a student leadership program, get in touch with Deb. Uh, I'm sure she'd be happy to share what they did at her, uh, at her previous school. Thank you. Well, my friend, we are uh, just about out of time, but uh, we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Uh, you are certainly an experienced AD, but now I'm uh, challenging you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first assignment, but I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are gonna go into Deb Savino's athletic director toolbox? Okay, well, I'm assuming that um, if they if they got the job, they're already organized and a good communicator and professional. So, um, I think one of the big things is, um, and and sometimes it's hard for people to be able to um, to do this, but you got to be able to move through your mistakes with grace. I think it's vital to do that. Um, and in order to do that, you got to prioritize, you know, what, what's the impact of that, that mistake? Um, acknowledge it, apologize, and then correct it. Um, you know, and if you think about it, one of the biggest things you always do with your athletes is, is to be able to say to them, hey, you know, we got to recover from our failure. Um, it's what teaches us. And you got to think of it the same way. Um, and, and I think that people around you also appreciate 
um, when you, you admit and correct and, and take care of things. Um, you know, and it, it also shows that you can, you're, you're humble. Um, so I think that, that that's huge. Um, just to be able to move through your mistakes with some grace. Um, and then uh, control the controllables. Um, that's one of the biggest things that I've always told my athletes. And um, if you over prepare for your things that you can control um, and then just go with the flow, it'll be a lot easier for you um, because you can certainly, there's a lot of things that you do have control of, but there's a lot of things that you don't. Um, so you've got to be able to just move on through um, and realize that because it, there are not, there are a lot of things that you just do not have um, control of. Um, my last thing would be just what I said that, that um, my former boss told me was to listen. Listen to people carefully. Um, always ask them, is there anything else? Um, just because I think that, um, you know, a lot of times people don't feel like they're listened to. Um, and um, if when you do hear something, make sure you confirm it, uh, just because you want to make sure that um, you have what you need uh, before you, you go out there. Um, and um, people will tell you a lot. Just, just, just listen. Just take a minute. So. Uh, great advice. And I always appreciate when ADs, uh, you know, share the listen uh, component. Uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, shut up and listen, Jake. Uh, so uh, <laughs> uh, appreciate you uh, being on the podcast today. This is great. Uh, always great to talk with you. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Good to see you. Okay. Well, uh, we're not going to see each other uh, at the national conference uh, in December, but uh, hopefully, uh, Things will have uh, changed a little bit in May of 21. And again, to you, uh, to our listeners, uh, we encourage you to come down to the FIAAA conference uh, that first weekend in May uh, and take some LTI courses and uh, take a few workshops. You know, you'll see both uh, Deb and I there. Absolutely. Well, again, to our listeners, thanks for uh, tuning in. Come back again next time for another edition of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening to the Educational AD Podcast. Remember, these episodes are also being uploaded to the YouTube channel, FIAAA Educational AD Podcast. Thanks again for listening.